Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You don't clock out. You've got so much more work to do and it's all on you. And because you're passionate about it, you're twice as enthusiastic. So it's very easy to try and work 24 hours a day. So... You really need to accept that there's literally always going to be more work to do and you have to allocate that time to stop and to just have time for you and your family or you'll end up burning out. Are you sick of hearing about diet teas, diet shakes and generic meal plans that apparently suits everyone and will make everyone lose weight? Are you nodding your heads right now? Well, you're probably not the only one sick of these diet fads. Meet Amanda Jane, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, online coach, bodybuilding competitor, and someone that is sick and tired of listening to influencers tell people they need to starve themselves in order to lose weight. I spoke to Amanda about the real difference between a nutritionist and a personal trainer. And I also spoke to her all things bodybuilding, myths behind starting a business, and how bad crash diets really are. This is Amanda Jane. So Amanda, thank you so much for coming to the studio today for the podcast, The Nasty Woman Club. My pleasure. It's good to be here. (laughs) So I discovered you with your program, Train With Girls, and that is all about empowering girls and just helping women, you know, get stronger and just feel more better about themselves. How did you decide to put together this program? So it was, we've been running for a little bit over two years now and we started the business together. So it's myself and my business partner, Emma, and she's located in Townsville. And we just noticed a culture of women feeling uncomfortable in the gym. They either don't know what to do or they feel intimidated by, I guess, the crowd or having the men there. So we really wanted to create a community where I guess women can feel comfortable, safe, empowered and enjoy coming along where they sort of hit their fitness goals and start achieving all of their fitness fitness goals and their dreams and all that kind of thing, but in an environment where they felt really comfortable and supported. And we wanted to have a big focus on education. So we don't believe in just handing someone a meal plan and saying, just follow this. Like we want to teach the women why. Yeah, so I feel like once they... They spend their time with us and they start hitting their goals, but we're equipping them to be able to continue their journey past being with us because they've got the extra knowledge there to make better choices going forwards. So what's your opinion then, because there is such a trend at the moment, especially on Instagram, anyone now is a nutritionist or anyone else a PT and having diet shakes, diet teas. What's your opinion on all that? I've got a lot of opinions on about <laughs> on all that, to be honest. So I guess like the first one is personal trainers aren't nutritionists, so... Mm. They're not supposed to be giving really explicit nutrition advice unless they've done further education. It's just outside of their scope. And unfortunately, a lot of PTs do it anyway. And because they don't have that knowledge, they are just giving out these generic 1,200 calorie plans to females. And it's there's this culture at the moment where people think if you're not 
hungry and limiting all of these food groups, you're not going to lose weight. And that's just not the case. So what's your opinion then on people creating their own teas and the shakes and doing that from a platform because they wanted some reality show or something like that and they're an influencer or something like that? They're just wanting endorsements, I suppose. Like, we get pretty mad, I guess, about all of these drink this keto coffee and you're going to lose weight. Like, that's not how weight loss works. And weight loss isn't rocket science. It's literally just science. So it's basically creating a calorie deficit. And that doesn't mean starving yourself and eating 500 calories. A calorie deficit for some people might be 3,000 calories. And it's doing it in a healthy way, still giving your body all the nutrients it needs. So we don't limit food groups. And how you achieve that calorie deficit is different for everybody. So some people enjoy eating high fat foods they're not that big on carbs so following a keto diet is actually effective for them because it's easy for them to stick to and at the end of the day whatever the style of eating is it's about whatever's best for the person and what they're going to be most adherent to and enjoy the most so that's how we tend to structure all of the food side of our business Mm -hmm. so how did you get into the fitness industry is that something you've always been into since your teenager when I was 16 I underwent a fair bit of surgery on my knees and I guess that's the age where you're quite impressionable on different careers and you meet different people and you're like yes this is what I want to do and it was working with all the doctors and surgeons that I decided when I finished school I wanted to be a doctor so when I graduated high school I went straight into medicine And I did that for two years, but the workload while I was like studying and working, I just found I couldn't keep up. So I swapped over and did a law and business degree instead because law was, I guess, the other thing that I was really interested in. Mm. And then it was, I'd finished my law degree and business degree. And rather than go out to practice, I just felt that I enjoyed the fitness industry more and I enjoyed helping women fall in love with themselves. Like, Mm. that's just where my passion lied. So I went back and did my certificates in fitness. And then with my business partner, we created Train With The Girls instead. Fantastic. And how did it all start up? Because that was the beginning when Instagram was just starting to get big as well. How did you guys start off? Because I know also when you work with the business with a friend, it's not just smooth sailing. How did that all go for you? Having a business partner in general is hard and working with a friend is hard, but... I guess I got lucky. Like, I couldn't imagine being in business with anybody else. Um, I think the key to having a business with someone, and it's almost like living with someone, you need to be very effective at communicating and you need to be able to speak up and you need to be patient and understanding. It's almost like a relationship, but, like, you're not in love with them. So it's <laughs> it's a little bit trickier, but, yeah, yeah, it's great. And you've also recently won the award in the um, Women's Gold Coast Awards for Rising Star. What was that like, winning that award? That was actually a massive shock. I was excited just to be nominated, to be honest. Like, anyone that has their own business will know, like, no one really sees how many hours you put in and the sweat and the tears and the energy. And to have someone, even if it's just one person, recognize and be like, good job you're kind of like oh it's all worth it like (laughs) so even getting nominated when there was so many incredible women and businesses in the category even that itself was pretty amazing so what'd be like your best advice for just any women that are starting their own little startup and then are getting into business for the first time don't expect to be living your best life on a laptop in bali i guess like that's kind (laughs) of like this image that's projected that if you have your own business you're gonna have all this extra spare time and just live this great life but especially in the beginning it's the opposite like you don't clock out you've got 
so much more work to do and it's all on you and because you're passionate about it, you're twice as enthusiastic. So it's very easy to try and work 24 hours a day. So you really need to accept that there's literally always going to be more work to do and you have to allocate that time to stop and to just have time for you and your family or you'll end up burning out. So... Not only do you own your own business, but you also work at a fire station. Yes. Yeah, so Emma and I, that was actually how we met. So we, oh, really? Yeah, so she's still in Townsville. So we both work for the fire service and we work in dispatch. Mm. So we answer the triple zero calls and everything that come through to fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's it like doing that job and then also run a business as well? Um, there's Again, this is where it's so handy, I guess, having a business partner. So if I'm sleeping during the day because I'm on night shifts, chances mm. are Emma's awake and she can handle a lot of the stuff of the business and it kind of gives you that opportunity to be able to tag each other in. So it's kind of like tapping in and out with work. But it's kind of, I guess, like there's two sort of ways, I suppose, about when you start your own business. You can either quit your nine to five and just do your business full time, which means you've got more time to be able to invest into it, which is great, but you've also got the financial pressure of having to pay the bills from it. Yeah, you got to be able to feed yourself, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, you've got the option of keeping your nine-to-five and then doing your business at, on the side, I suppose, where you haven't got the financial pressure there, but at the same time, you haven't got all day, every day to be able to invest into it. So I guess that's the trade-off and there's no right or wrong way to do it but we've obviously done the second Mm. where we haven't got the financial pressure there but it just means you're doing two things at once so yeah so you do the train with the girls and then you also have your side gig as well with your job and you also participate in I don't know if I'm wanting it right. Was it fitness? I can never remember right. Fitness bikini competitions, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah so, sorry. yeah, bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then I do the bikini division. Oh, fantastic. So yeah. what is it like being in that world? Because not a lot of people, they just see it from, you know, what's on Instagram. Like, what is it actually like being in that world? Well, to be honest, the first show I ever saw, I remember looking at the girls on stage and just thinking, there is no way in hell I could ever do that. Mm. I could never get that lean. I could never give up wine and cheese and I'm pretty sure my body just doesn't drop like that like it's just not something that my body is capable of I can't do a lot of exercises because of my joints and my knees like I just felt like that was completely unachievable and it was only when I've decided to set the goal and I guess it said the goal out loud because once you told people you're going to do it you didn't want to be the person that says you're going to do it and then pulls out so mm. then I was just really motivated I suppose because once you say you're going to get up on that stage in that very small bikini you don't want to be the worst on stage so it's if you didn't think you wanted to get up at three in the morning to gym you'd sort of think of that and you're like nope I'm getting up (laughs) so it was good motivation and I just love I suppose the challenge of it it makes you push yourself physically more than you thought but especially mentally a lot further than you thought you could and you kind of get a sense of strength out of it I suppose so what's the biggest misconception then about people that do the competition? I think people think that they're going to do a bodybuilding show and create a better body image relationship with themselves. And for 99% of people, it's honestly the opposite. So anyone that suffered from eating disorders, body dysmorphia, any of that in the past, competing has a tendency to bring those things to the surface again because you're a spending... A lot of your day, you're thinking about food because sometimes you're hungry. (laughs) You're thinking about training. You're having to, I guess, prioritize your eating and your training above a lot of other aspects in your life, like your social life and spending time with friends and family um, and having 
obsession makes it sound like a bad a bad word, but you do have to be a little bit obsessed if you want to do well. And people can get very consumed by that. And because your body does change quite dramatically, because it is quite a drastic change that you're doing in your body when you start after show regaining the weight, a lot of people think they look huge when really they still might be a size eight. It's a lot of people really struggle post-show and some competitors talk about it which is great because it is kind of a thing that everyone's hush hush about um they like to do a lot of the instagram posts and how great it is during the prep and then you'll notice for the next couple of months after they kind of just disappear a lot on social media or they'll only put up old photos or of shoots okay yeah because they're feeling insecure about their body having gained back that post-show weight The first show I ever did, the coach that I was with had me on less than a 1,000 calories for months. I know, it was wild. And this was back before, I guess, I understood enough about competing and nutrition and the fitness industry to really realize how unhealthy that was. Mm. And I used to get a cheat meal. And I would obsess about that cheat meal the entire week. And then I would eat so much at this cheat meal that... Like, I would literally vomit, which that's not creating healthier relationships with food, Mm. and it's just not healthy for your body in general. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not. I guess you don't really realize how quickly you can gain weight until you've done a prep. It's kind of like your body is a sponge that you've run out, and it's just ready to soak up everything. Yeah. So I think after my second show, I went crazy eating for, like, Mm. five days, and I think I gained, like, six or seven kilos in five days. Wow. And I was just like, whoa, like, okay. <laughs> I did not know my body could do that. But now that I know that, yeah. next time I'm not going to let that happen again. And I haven't. So mm. now it's just about, like, you do want to be a bit more relaxed. But having having a coach that has the knowledge to be able to coach you through not just your prep without doing anything, like, ridiculous, like under 1,000 calories, to coach you and help guide you after is equally as important. Most people, you haven't got show day hanging over you to keep your cannibal after. It's easy to just go on a food frenzy. Yeah, it's not good for you physically and it's really not good for you mentally. So why do you do it then? Why do you continue to do these competitions for you personally? Personally, I suppose I I do love the gym, but because of my arthritis and because of I do get a lot of pain training. Sometimes, some days, I just think, stuff this. Like, why? Why do I do it? And it's I struggle a little bit with the motivation. Whereas having, I guess, the the, the goal of competing and even in the off season, the goal of working towards improving my muscle mass. And then when you've got the show, you've got the goal of your show. It helps keep me accountable and just that extra bit of motivation to train I guess and then my last question for you is what is it like competing in these competitions and you're just surrounded by all these other incredible amazing women that have just you know worked their asses off the past year or the past six months just what's it like being surrounded by all these incredible women I think there's a bit of a conception and maybe some people have experienced that they think that comp backstage is going to be really bitchy because you're getting Mm. on stage and you're competing against other people so it's kind of like every woman for themselves and it's honestly completely the opposite it's you're not you're no longer competing it's not a sport it's you've done your best up to that day you've worked really hard up to that day and then the show day is just about i guess celebrating that and you're all celebrating together so last show we had a girl backstage and just before we did our evening gown round her whole back of her dress zip just like split oh, open no. so i know so <sighs> she was like trying not to cry and i'm like don't like your makeup like <laughs> but the three of us literally got a needle and thread and stitched her into her dress oh so it's wow. like yeah everyone comes together and 
Like one of my bridesmaids, I actually met her backstage at a bikini comp and she's now one of my closest friends. Aww, so that's nice. it is great. Like you meet people that share your interests and mm. I guess your values to an extent, like competing takes dedication, it takes sacrifice and you meet other people that share those values and usually you tend to have a whole range of things in common because it Mm. tends to attract, I guess, a certain kind of people. And I think also there's just this perception that there's not enough room for enough women, so we have to tear other women down kind of thing. Yeah. Which really isn't true. It really is not true. If you're going to be in a situation you're surrounded by women that enjoy the same things and passionate about the same things, it's amazing that you actually get along, not the stereotypical, you know, all this bitchiness and fighting. Yeah, and I guess, like, being in the fitness industry, like, it's very saturated, it's very competitive, there's a lot of other female trainers and there's a lot of other great female trainers so we've always had the mantra i guess with our business that you don't have to blow up someone else's candle to light your own there's enough clients for everybody we don't believe in tearing down other businesses or talking badly about them we just do us and give vibe attracts your tribe so we've got all these incredible women coming to us not because we're saying other people are shit but just because we're being true to us and Mm. our values align with theirs that's a really good motto to have definitely Well, thank you so much for coming in the studio today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. That was Amanda Jane from Train With The Girls Brisbane. For more information on this badass babe, make sure you head to trainwiththegirls.com and Amanda's Instagram page, amandajane underscore WBFF. Also, while you're at it, here is a little shameless plug. Make sure you also head on over to the Nasty Woman Club Instagram page. That's the Nasty Woman Club underscore podcast. This podcast was produced by myself, Demi Lynch.